Hey, and thank you for tuning into this message, which you will hear shortly. But I just want to share some of the amazing things people are saying about Heavenly Vision. Beautiful Bishop and First Lady. Their spirit evokes teaching to live and walk a good life, not to be afraid of your mistakes. You are treated with love and respect. Great place to grow. Thank you, Sunny C. First the love and then the teaching from Bishop Taylor. Family friendly. You have to come check it out. You'll love it. Thank you, Lynette Williams, for sharing. I agree. The love, the teaching, the community is amazing. You get to hear the message on this podcast, but I would encourage you to join us right here at Heavenly Vision Church, 243 West 85th Street, Los Angeles, California, for our worship services, which is as of the podcast, every Sunday at 11 a.m. The experience you will have at Heavenly Vision Church will be life-changing, just like the message you are about to hear. Get your pen and your paper ready, and remember the main points are in the show notes. Let's dive into the word. Our legacy. We're in this, the sermon series of I Am Legacy. Our legacy transcends our present reality. And most of us shed tears when we lift our hands and say you are holy because we know we're a far cry from being holy ourselves. But even in that same reach, even in that same extension, he's saying to you, because you know who I am. And because you are my child, you too can be all that I have declared you to be. Your legacy, your legacy, our legacy transcends our reality. Our legacy was in place prior to our very existence. So beyond what you see going on, beyond what you think you are, beyond who you think you've come from, your legacy, our legacy, goes beyond that. But the only reason we don't look at life that way or we don't view ourselves in that light is because we still got arrows in our quiver that we haven't shot. Thank you, Bishop. The only way we continue to live life beneath who we are is because we left our crown somewhere under rubble of disappointment, unclaimed. Thank you, Minister DeMarcus. We have been taught that legacy is, in its simplest form, a transmitter, sending message, to a receiver. Something is messing with our connection to our transmitter because the message that he has sent to us is not being echoed in the earth through our lives. Let me tell you why. Because he declared that I am holy, so you should be holy. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, Peter is going to help us with this. The Apostle Peter. But I want to shout out the, um, the right now men of God, one being uh, our great bishop, Bishop James Ray Taylor, 
we love him and we thank God for him and his leadership and even allowing us to dive in to who we are. To really understand, because if you want to claim your legacy, if you want to be able to access all God has for you, you have to know who you are in him. You can't walk up and say, I'm his child with no proof of identity. So I want to shout out as well, Pastor Van Moody, for that great book, The I Factor, who challenges us to really become firm in who we are. Something that his book lifts up is that our do never defines our who. So what you do doesn't make you who you are. But watch this. Identity. Who we are should determine what we do. So when we know who we are, then we can really step into what we are supposed to be doing. Pastor Van Moody said it, but it ain't nothing but the word of God. Because here Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Do you know who you are? Our who, who we are, determines what we do. And so if I had to title this message or this sermon, this contribution to I Am Legacy, it would be, I am said you are. I am said you are. Y'all can have y'all seat. Y'all can rest on your feet. It's all up to you. But in the midst of all that we do in life, where we find ourselves, sometimes the connection between our father gets lost. And we have to rally together to go all the way back to creation. I'm not going to take you back to Genesis. I'm going to stay right here in the text, but we're going to go backwards. In this, when we hear what we are, we can also hear our legacy, what we receive from that. And in fact, then our directives in that. So who you are determines what you do. Everything about legacy isn't tangible. We learned that, right? It's not just about what someone left you, but it's about what is imparted into you. So here, the first declaration that Peter gives here, which is just an echo from what God spoke to Moses, and he told him to tell the people of God these words. So he's just echoing what was said when the children of Israel had come out of bondage. See, we at, we're here right now at the time of total deliverance. Anybody free from bondage? Anybody have, right? Have you overcome some things yet? So this message is for you. I don't know, okay, we're going to catch up with everybody else. But for those who have come out of bondage, we're right there at that rallying point. See, Peter is also talking to those who are in this newfound church where Jew and Greek get to come together. We're at another rallying point. Every point of deliverance brings us back to a place of remembrance where we have to go back and be reminded of who God is and who he has called us 
to be. Does that make sense? So here we see that we are declared a people for God's own possession. A people for God's own possession. The four there indicates a function whereby we are the recipients of a desire of a perception. So watch this. A people who are a recipient of God's desire. You are a people for God's own possession. This here, this declaration, aligns us with our legacy of submission. How does that work? You're not your own. And when you are under the possession, when you are possessed by something, everything that you do is because of what they say. You are a people for his possession. So whatever God wants to do in your life now becomes your desire. Is that making sense? Because of who I am, because we are a people, because of who we are, we are a people for his own possession. So that means my legacy here, remember it's not always tangible, but my legacy here is submission. What is my due? I get to submit myself to the will of God. Sometimes it's hard to see who you really are when you look in the mirror. Because you're living outside of who you really are. Because you've determined what your life is going to be. You set your plan, you set your road, and you own it. And you're trying to figure out, why I look like this? Why doesn't my life mirror what God has declared over me? I would ask you, have you submitted to his will? See, talking to the children of Israel, and then looking at the church at that time, Peter was helping them to understand that no matter the station you find yourself in, you are still God's and you still have a purpose where you are. The children of Israel were called, because of their deliverance, I'll say called, into bondage. Daniel got to go into Babylon. I say got to go. He was forced to go. That was his plight because of the disobedience of the people, right? He's in Babylon and he submits to the authority of that land. Even though he knew who he was, how do I know he knew who he was? He said, because I don't want to touch the king's food because it will defy who I am. It will defile my God. So he was very intact with his identity, but even in knowing who he was, he knew that meant he had to submit himself to conditions that may not have been comfortable. We want the easy road. We think sometimes that because I belong to God, everything is going to be gravy. Knowing who you are, knowing the purpose in which you were created for, and that was to be his possession, then I have to lose myself in his will. Because if I don't, I will strive against what he wants to accomplish through me. Daniel could have resisted. But had he resisted, then Nehemiah wouldn't have been able to do his work. Again, legacy. It goes beyond you. It was before you. And it needs to continue after you. Daniel had to submit himself, and thereby he was blessed. Right? He was blessed. He was able to rise in the ranks. 
But he had to allow an ungodly king to rule over him. We, we trying to leave our job because our manager not safe. The authority set over us because they don't align with God, we got to go. Let Daniel preach to you. As he is firmly established in his identity, that he is a possession of the almighty God, he submitted himself to the plans and the will of God. That even in hardship and bondage, he was able to bring his nation to a place where they were ready for their deliverance. Nehemiah was able to go on because of what Daniel did in his example of submission. Nehemiah was a cupbearer to the king and he had to, with excellency, serve. He couldn't go with entitlement. And this won't be a, a hit to any of the youngsters because a lot of, of our 30-somethings, 40-somethings, 50-somethings, 60-somethings, we think we're owed something because of who we are. When in fact we have been placed where we are to show forth the excellency, not our entitlement. Because I'm a child of God, you're going to do this. No, because you're a child of God, you're going to show forth his glory right where you are. So that the legacy of submission to his will is known throughout the earth so that those coming along after you can complete the work. Does that make sense? So our declaration of being a people for his own possession gives us the legacy of submission. A lot of us don't like that word. We think of servitude. We think of being subjected to things and subjected to people. But listen, when God is your God, we work as, come on, Brother Curtis, as unto the Lord. That's his, that's his business. That's his nonprofit, as unto the Lord. We work as unto the Lord. So no matter who may be right above you for right now, your work is as unto God because you have submitted to his plan and his purpose his possession of you. It makes sense, y'all? You got a rich legacy, and it transcends where you are. The next declaration, we're going to move up. It declares us a holy nation. And a lot of us, and I just said while we were singing, a lot of us will shrink back from that declaration because we know how faulty we are. We know our shortcomings. We know our mistakes better than anybody else. And so because of that, we will denounce a part of who we are. But if you want to be a holy nation, even there I say a whole nation, a whole person, you must embrace all of who you are. You have been declared to be holy. Help yourself. Touch yourself. Say, I am holy. No, help yourself. I am holy. See, the enemy causes you to live in condemnation. That's not your father. The enemy would desire for you to stay debased and never realize who you are. That's not your father. When you are firmly reminded that your connection and your transmission comes from the one who created you, you then with all boldness can say, 
I am holy. But what does that, what am I saying to myself though? I'm saying that I will give myself completely and utterly to God. Holy does not translate into perfection. He's not calling you to be perfect. Watch this, because in Hebrews, he says, I am the author and the perfecter of your faith. He's going to do the perfecting. You be holy, he said to his people, for I am holy. How can I do this, Lady K? Because God said it. He told his people, you be holy, for I am holy. That was a declaration he gave them. Then Jesus came along, and it was in the nighttime hours, Nicodemus came out, and he was trying to holler at Jesus on the side because he didn't want anybody to know that he was really interested in this gospel, this Messiah. So he came to him and he was like, okay, so rabbi, tell me what I need to know. He said, look, man, you're looking at everything from a carnal perspective. You're looking at what is right now, but I'm here to speak about things to come. He said, listen, if you really want this life, you have to be born again. Some of you are asking, how can I live holy when I've done all that I've done? The answer is with Jesus when he spoke to Nicodemus. He said, you must be. And see, our folks, we, we turned it up. You got to be born again. How can I be a holy nation? You must be born again. Watch this. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of spirit is spirit. So when you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that's when holiness becomes possible. Because he has declared us a holy nation, now I have the legacy of transformation. I don't have to stay the same. So when I embrace the fact that I am holy, I no longer denounce that part of me. Now I can't exactly see what God is calling me to be. So I don't have to stay and rest in this unrest, but I can stand up Watch this, not in my own strength, but in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He is declared to be our teacher. He'll lead and guide us into all truth. He's the agent. He's the change agent. And so Jesus declared to Nicodemus, and he was yelling out at us here in 2017, you can't do this by flesh. But the way that you access the legacy that I have set in place for you, you have to be born again. You have to have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that challenges and wars with your flesh daily, that causes you to yearn for me more and more. You are a holy nation. And watch this. It's not going to all happen at once because he gave us this beautiful thing called sanctification. So you didn't have to encumber yourself with thinking about how I'm going to change my entire life right now. He said, rest in me. Watch this. I'm going to do this work progressively. All you have to do is follow me. See, his spirit will draw itself to himself. If the spirit is dwelling in you, it will draw itself to himself. So the closer I get to God is an indication of how the spirit is dwelling in me. And so each step I take closer to God, I'm changing. Somebody say, you look different every day. Every time I see you, something changing. It is the legacy of transformation. 
When I know I don't have to be the same way I've been, I live a little differently. When I know I get to change today from what I was yesterday, that gives me hope and assurance in the God that saved me. Because he called you a holy nation, and when you embrace the fact that he called you to be holy, to give yourself completely to him so that he can do his work in you, you have the legacy of transformation. Be transformed. Watch this, by the renewing of your mind. That's only going to come by his spirit. So I ask you, have you been born again? Have you been born again? Is the spirit dwelling within you? Then stop beating yourself up. Stop denying who you are. And declare yourself a holy nation. And then access that legacy of transformation. Watch this. Rahab didn't deny who she was. Rahab lied to the end. She didn't deny who she was. They came to the door looking for the spies that, came, that were sent out to scout the land. Rahab was, uh, I guess we call her, I don't even want to say what my son calls them, but <laughs> she was an innkeeper. She was an innkeeper. She knew how, to, she had a gift of hospitality. She knew how to treat the gentleman that came her way. That's good? Okay. Y'all got me? Okay. Watch this. But she was true to who she was. Watch this. Even with the men of God hiding in her home, she still lied to the people that came to her door. Are they here? I don't even know what you're talking about. Who? Who's here? Y'all know how many people come through here? Who y'all looking for? But she saw an opportunity to change her life. Let's take a lesson from, for Rahab just for a second. It, it, it's not all the way connected, but just for a second. She saw, even in the midst of her mess, an opportunity for transformation. The men of God were sent by Moses to go scout out the land that God had promised them. And in the midst of doing that, they were seen. And they had to go hide so they wouldn't get killed. They were already scared anyway. So they hid in the harlot's house. Say, everybody going this way, so we're just going to go with them. We're going to follow the flow of traffic real quick. Hide right here in plain sight. They got in there, and she said, you know what? I'm going to hide you, but this is what I need from you because I know you're of God. I heard what he can do. Watch this. When you hear testimony of what God can do, then you slide in like, God, well, can you do this for me too? I heard what he did for y'all. I heard how he swept out them Egyptians by the ocean. I need him to sweep me on out of this place. Because I know he's coming for everybody here. I don't want to be in that number. So if I hide you, will you save us? Right where you are, you may not feel holy. But if you receive an invitation to allow the spirit of God into your house, watch this. She had to allow them in. So because they were there, it drew her closer to him. Do y'all hear what I'm saying to you? There will be invitations by the Holy Spirit to come in and sup with you. Let them in. No matter how low you may feel, no matter how far from God you may feel, when you let him in, that's when he will draw you closer. 
Rahab said, listen, I got to get out of here. I know what y'all about to do. I just want to go. Not just me, but my entire house. She was true to who she was. Honest with who she was. But then declared that she wanted to be something new. Declare what God has declared over you. You want to be new? You want to be transformed? Don't fight it any longer. Let today be a day of decision that no matter where I feel I am, he has called me to be holy. And I will be holy. Is that all right? I just had to throw Rahab in there because she was hard for that. She went all the way in. And she said, listen, when y'all come back and they did what they promised, her entire family was saved. And watch this. And if you follow the genealogy of Jesus, She's right there. Let me help. Legacy precedes you. But everything that you do will matter to those who are coming. He was set to come. Jesus was coming. But guess what? She got to put herself right in line with glory. You may be on a track to nowhere. But I've come to let you know that you have an invitation from the Holy Spirit to align yourself with glory. I pray you take that invitation today because your whole life, watch this, decision after decision will cause transformation to come. You have a legacy of transformation. It hasn't gone past you. You are not exempt from it. You get to access it. You get to claim it for your own. Not only do we have the legacies of submission and the legacies of transformation, but then we also have the legacy of reconciliation. And this comes where God has declared us to be a royal priesthood. Say, how did so a royal priesthood. In the original text, in the original declaration, God spoke to Moses that you will be a kingdom of priests. A kingdom of priests. Your rule will be governed by who I am. You'll be a kingdom of priests. But then Peter had to help make sense of it with the new church that was being born. Because by this time, Israel wasn't ruling like they once were. They were still priests. They were prophets there. You know, we were holding it down in the fort. But we ruled. Because when we followed God's voice, when we did what he said, he put us in the position to help the entire nation, to help the world. See, you saw ruled until he decided he didn't want to obey. You are a part of a lineage of rulers. We dominate. We shoot shots and hit targets. That's what we do. But this had become foreign to the Jews, to the children of God, and to those who we call Gentiles who were not in power, were not in line to get any power, who were just somewhere over there. They didn't, in, they didn't understand that they had an authority attached to who they were. So here, Peter is really helping the Jews to come back to who they are, who they were created to be. See, in the, in the garden, Adam had dominion. You got to go all the way back and remind yourself, we got to go to the origin of a thing. We can't just stop where we know. 
We can't just stop in present day. We have to go back to the first mention of it. We had dominion since the garden. And so beyond saying, oh, well, you know what? My ancestors were under Roman rule. Or you know what? I came from the people that were in Babylon. Or you know what? I came from Africa. You know, I was a part of that tribe over there. You know what? I was on that reservation. And, you know, they came and they, they put our people right here in this little hut. And so I've been here. Beyond that, remember, legacy is prior to what you may see. We have been called to have dominion. You have been called to be a royal, to help lead in legislation, to help govern this world. But not only that, this is a beautiful marriage. He said, I never called you to exist outside of me. Oftentimes the priesthood, we relegate that to just here at the church. The person holding the mic, you're a priest. You're a minister. And we're going to let them minister the things of God because that's what they've been called to do. But if you look at this verbiage all throughout this text, he says, you are. And he's talking to a people. So now I need to bring all of us into this conversation to know that we are a royal priesthood. Not we are a priesthood, the ministers who've been licensed. We are, because of who we are, we are a royal priesthood. What does that mean? I've been called to serve the people of God. I've been called to look after the things of God. Oh, that's their duty. No, 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 no. It's all of our duties. It's their duty to go see about the sick. No, it's your duty to go pray with the sick. Well, it's their duty to run, you know, because I don't know nothing about the law, so I'm going to just stay ignorant because, you know, we, we, there's apathy when it comes to the laws of the land because we're like, it doesn't work for us, so why do I even... But you've been called as a royal priesthood. There is dominion and service that should be coming from you. Watch this. And when we are reminded of who we are and when we do what we're supposed to do as far as leading and being servants, that helps others to be reconciled to God. See, when you give your life to Christ, he says, now you have the ministry of reconciliation. You have a job. No matter if you stand up here, hold this mic, no matter if you greet out there, you have a job every day of your life to declare the excellencies of God so that others may be reconciled to him. You have a legacy of reconciliation. Even the example of Rahab, those brothers right there, they helped her to be reconciled to her creator, save the entire family, thereby saving a nation of people. Because of who you are, and when you accept that authority, you'll stop walking over people like they don't exist. Just because you think you can't do anything for them. When you embrace the fact that you are a royal priesthood, you'll present yourself differently in the world. Because you represent Christ. A lot of people look at the ministers, not just here, pastors and everywhere. You know, they have a responsibility to be right before the people. We all do. You are a royal priesthood. If he wanted to talk to one person, he would have said priest. A 
If he just wanted one, he would have said, priest. Our legacy. See, at the, at the beginning, we talked about our submission to God, right? That's our legacy piece. Our legacy of our transformation is connected to that of the Holy Spirit. Our legacy of reconciliation is connected to Christ. Watch this. Because he is the high priest. See, in the Old Testament, there were high priests, there were priests, and there were Levites. Watch this. And the king came from among the tribes of the people of God. So we did all of it. That's who we, that's who we are. In the Old Testament, they, the high priest, he atoned for the sins of the people. The priest, he assisted the high priest. The Levites, watch this, and you can find it. They sang, they cleaned, they prepared for the sacrifices of God. That included everybody. A kingdom of priests is what God called us. A royal priesthood is what Peter put up on it. Watch this. This is to denote that in Christ, being our high priest, all of the priestly duties have been fulfilled. Watch this. But now we have a great example. How do I serve? I serve like Christ. How do I love? I love like Christ because he is our connection to that lineage, to that legacy of reconciliation. He came and died so that we can be reconciled to the Father. Watch this. Your life is to be given so that others may be reconciled to God. I know this message ain't about you getting something because you connected to God, but it's about your legacy as being children of the Almighty God. Who am I? I'm a part of the royal priesthood. What does that mean? I have to see about the governance of this land. I have to serve the people of God. I have to be ready to give my life so that someone can be reconciled to God. You have the legacy of reconciliation. Not only do you have the legacy of reconciliation through your connection with Christ, but you have the legacy of unity. At top, he says, you are a chosen people. Now, I use the NASB, but, you know, our bishop teaches us, you look through all the translations. And so I was looking through the translations, and it was like, most of them was like, okay, people, people, people. But, you know, King James, he said generation. Y'all see that? So I was like, okay, well, which one do I go with? Because I'm reading, you know, NASB for everything else. Because I like the, you know, the bold NASB is the closest word-for-word translation. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get the closest to what was really said. I'm going to go with this one. But then I had to look at the King James and I had to ask myself, which one is right? So y'all help me. Which one is right? Are we a chosen generation? Because the King James came out first. (laughs) Are we a chosen people? Because, you know, we were able to grow in wisdom and knowledge over time. And so the NASB came out a little later. So we got a little more revelation. Which one is right? Both of them. Watch this. We have 
the legacy of unity through this declaration, declaring that we are a chosen people. Watch this. Because of the lineage of Christ, because of the bloodline of God here on earth, the Israelites, the Hebrews, those are his people. No denying it. No shucking and jiving. Right? So those are his chosen people. But because of the actions of Christ, watch this, because you can't get here until you've been reconciled. Because of the actions of Christ, he gave us a seat at the table. Because of the actions of Christ, because of reconciliation, because he was strong in his identity and he fulfilled legacy, because of that, we get to say now, not only are we a generation which was talking specifically about that people, but we are a people here which is indicating a time-sensitive gathering of people. So God said, you are my people because I chose you and I put my son going to come through you, right? Here he's saying also, because this is God speaking through man, he's saying here that you, Greek, you, Samaritan, you all are my people just like these Jews are my people. Watch this, because I chose you for this time to do my will. You are a chosen people. And because of the love of God, because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, because of the reconciliation of Christ, we all get to be here together. No one has to be left out. Watch this. You have to be born again. You have to have received the precious gift of salvation that came through the reconciliation of Christ for us to even get to this point. And so if you have, if you said, you know what, God, you are my God. I submit to you. Holy Spirit, come and dwell in me so that I may be holy like my God is holy. Jesus, I accept your acts on the cross. And therefore, I now can be a, called a joint heir with you. And now that doesn't leave anybody out. All who will can come unto him and have a seat here. We have a legacy of unity. If you live like you don't need anybody else, you're denying a part of who you are. Through the entire verbiage of this text, he continues to reiterate, you are. I am. He declared that I am that I am to his people. And even in Exodus, when he declared that I am, he went on to tell them, you are. And now he's telling us, you are a chosen people. You are a holy nation. You are. You were sent for my own possession. You are a people for my own possession. That's who you are. That's coming from the heart and the mind of I am. So any words, any declarations, any titles that someone or even yourself may have stuck on you, that you may even answer to, I invite you today to rip it off. 
and declare what I am says you are. You have the privilege, the right to submit. You don't have to let anybody make you feel like you're a punk. No, I'm following God. He got me here. I have the permission, the right to transform. You do not have to say the same way you are. You are not confined to who you think you are, to the image of your mother, to the image of your father. Your father who is in heaven is emitting to you who you are. You have a legacy of transformation. You get to change. You get to evolve. You get to change your hair. You get to change your physique. More than that, your heart gets to change. And so it's okay for me to say the person I didn't love yesterday, I love them today because I have the legacy of transformation. And y'all don't have to look at me crazy because I love them the way that I love them because I have the legacy of transformation. The things that I used to do, I don't do anymore because I have the legacy of transformation. And so instead of worrying about what others may say, we invite them too. Hey. You can have the legacy of transformation. You look different. You do things differently than you used to. Why? Because I've accepted the Holy Spirit into my life. And because I'm connected to him, I get to access everything that he gives me. And one of those things is transformation. You have the legacy of reconciliation. Be selfless. Consider others above yourself. Christ always said that I come to do the will of my Father. And his will was to reconcile his beloved to himself. You have the right, the privilege to esteem others higher than you esteem yourself. To pray and to intercede for someone who is lost. You have the right, the privilege to mourn with those who are going astray. Because even our Christ stood at the mountaintop and he wept. You have the right, you have the right to engage in ministry, even if it's not behind this pulpit. You have the right to lead someone to Christ and to walk as an example before them. You have a right to speak to the powers that be and let them know who God is. You have a right. It's your legacy. You have a right to seek unity in your families, in the church of God, because he didn't leave anybody out. I declared my work to be done through this people. And because now it's far stretching, I need some more people. So it wasn't that you were forgotten. He chose a people that he wanted to show his love through. Anybody that tells you, that some haughty doctrine about he chose them because he just want them, pray for him. He chose them just like he chose us to show forth his excellent glory in the earth. So you have the right to shine for God. You have a right to communicate his love to the lost. You have the right to embrace your brothers and your sisters from every nation. You have a right to, because legacy, unity, is a part of your legacy. I would want to speak to the, you know, I wanted to preach a Latin real bad, and 
Because he rose up in my spirit, little Aladdin. The Disney version, though, the Disney version. Because a lot of us suffer with the come up spirit. Everything I do is because I got to come up. Everything about my day, everything about my schedule is because I got to set it up. I got to come up. I got to get out of this. But can I declare to you, when you know who you are, all you need to do is raise up. We fighting and striving and struggling because we don't want the position that God has planned and purpose for us. We don't want to be his possession because we're like, God, this life ain't for me. I'm supposed to be working here. I'm supposed to be working there. I'm supposed to have this by this age. This ain't my life. Be his possession. Stop striving and trying to come up and just raise up. Aladdin was all the way to street rap, but then he became the prince. It wasn't because anything on the outside really changed. See, the genie was representative of his anointing. The genie couldn't make him marry the princess. The genie opened the door for him to show who he really was. Stop striving for the come up. Raise up. Be who. I am has said you are. Stand to your feet, everybody, as we embrace who I am says that we are. Father, it is in this sacred place, at this hour, in receiving your word, that we embrace who you say we are. So, Father, with our hands lifted, and with our hearts open, we declare that we are your possession. We will submit to your plan, your purpose, and your path for our lives. Father, with our hands lifted, with our hearts open, we invite you, Holy Spirit, to dwell within us and to show forth Miraculous transformation that every time someone sees us, they see you even more. Father, with our hands lifted as an act of surrender, we give ourselves to your service that we may govern our homes. We may dominate in our homes, at our jobs, at our schools, at every place where you have set us to be. We will dominate and serve. And Father, even as our hands are lifted, we prepare to receive our brothers and our sisters, understanding that you have called us and that your will will be done through us. So Father, allow these points of legacy to be received, that they may be transmitted to the generation to come. We thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you are preparing us for our next. We declare it to be in Jesus' name, and we say amen. Amen. So often I ask you guys to share your story. Well, I decided this week to share mine. I joined Heavenly Vision about a year and a half ago. And from the moment I walked into the door and I felt the love, the community, and the word, 
you guys, this is the place to be. I've grown so much spiritually and my life is more fruitful. And this is why I serve. And this is why I look forward to introducing the word for the week. I know how it has changed my life and I am believing God that it will do the same for you. We love you. Have a great week.